DJ and PK, it is time to talk Suns basketball and NBA Finals with Greg Moore, sports columnist for the Arizona Republic. He joins us on the Smart Rain guest line. It's no secret Utah's in an extreme drought. That's why Smart Rain is a solution for any commercial property concerned about water consumption while managing irrigation. Find out more at SmartRain.net. Greg, good morning. Hey, good morning. We are curious... Was that just a little blip and the Suns are going to have the gentleman sweep, as the cliche goes, and celebrate an NBA title at home in Game 5? Or they don't have an answer for Giannis, and this series is about to turn on its head. You've been watching it. What are you thinking? Uh, That's a great question, man. Um, Let me start with the Giannis part. Nobody's going to have a solution for Giannis. Are you kidding me? The guy's a two-time MVP. The guy scored 42 points in Game 2 in a loss. In my mind, Giannis playing the way he's playing actually is reminiscent of like Allen Iverson going against the Lakers in as much as he could do whatever he wanted back then, and the Lakers still were going to win. Now, if the Phoenix Suns are going to take the gentleman's sweep, which is what, frankly, every fan in the Valley ought to be hoping for. I mean, isn't winning a championship on the road just like, ah, we can't celebrate the same way? which I know is sort of like asking two for two bikes and two Nintendos for Christmas, but, you know, it is what it is. I feel like the Phoenix Suns have the ability to beat the Milwaukee Bucks in a number of ways. And I feel like the Bucks only have one way of beating the Phoenix Suns. So if you're asking me, do I think it was a big deal that the Suns lost by 20 in Game 3 in Milwaukee? I'm going to say no. I, I just think that this is one of those things that happens in championship basketball. I wrote this for the Republic very recently. If you just take a look at the modern history of the NBA Finals, blowout losses happen even to the team that eventually wins the series. Is there anything to the fact that Booker didn't play in the fourth quarter the other night and then he and Monty Williams were talking on the floor and someone asked him afterwards, Booker, uh, what was said, and he said that's between uh, the coach and myself and all that. Is it anything there? doesn't bother me much in as much as Devin Booker's a quiet guy. You're not going to get a whole lot from him. If Monty would have said happy birthday, Devin wouldn't necessarily tell you that. <laughs> I will say that the guy only scored 10 points, and he shot 3 of 14, including 1 of 7 for 3. If he does that again, he's hurt. If that happens again, there's something that we don't know about. Because when you take a look at Devin Booker, this guy, when he has a subpar shooting game, he turns around the very next night and has another good game. So he shot uh, 20-something percent uh, against the Bucks in Game 3. And again, I wrote this for the Republic very recently. He's had five nights this season where he shot below 30%. In the follow-up games, he averages 24 points and 45% shooting. So... I don't expect Booker's going to have another bad night like that. But if he does, it's a massive problem for the Suns. Do you think Aiton stays out of foul trouble? Because if you're the Bucks, I'm pretty sure you'd go at him and try to get him in foul trouble. Pretty sure they will again. Yeah, for sure. I think if I'm the Suns, I go to, 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 to Aiton early and often, as they did uh, in games one and three. I think in game three, Aiton ended up scoring 12 in the first quarter on six of seven shooting. Uh, and so, for me, I would attack. I would fight fire with fire that way. 
Uh, Monty Williams was saying after the game that there was some inconsistency in the way that the game was called. What Monty said was, it's hard to coach DeAndre uh, if I don't know what a legal guarding position is. And that's a legitimate criticism, except for the fact that, you know, Giannis is the only guy who got fouls called on him. If you take a look, the Suns, I think, shot 16 free throws, and I believe the Bucks ended up shooting 26 free throws. That's not that huge of a discrepancy, and the Phoenix Suns have not gotten to the line uh, over the last five, seven years. If anybody knows how to play through not getting calls, it ought to be uh, Devin Booker and the guys. What type of adjustments do you think they make with Antetokounmpo? Uh, you mean the Phoenix Suns? Yeah, defensively. I mean, they, because obviously Aiden got in foul trouble, and that impacted his ability to stay on the floor. So I'm big on throwing a bunch of different bodies out there, which is a little bit tough for the Suns right now uh, because Dario Sark went out. But I think you could put Frank Kaminsky out there. I think you've got Jay Crowder. I think you could even put Torrey Craig on a Tentacumpo for a spell. But if it were me, I would just try to make every single thing he does difficult. I'd throw two, three guys at him. I'd throw you know, one guy at him for a couple of plays and then swap it out. I'd mix up his looks, go from zone to man. I'd start picking the guy up full court. I'd box him out on everything that happened, regardless of whether he was in the play. And then on the other end, whomever's uh, Attentacumpo's guarding, and I know that he's a fantastic defensive player, but I'd go right at him. If the Milwaukee Bucks are a one-man show, I'm going to say, hey, yo, I'm the Phoenix Suns, and I'm a complete team, and I ain't buying it. You, one guy, can't beat my whole team, and we're going to go at you and make this so difficult on you that if you do it, we'll shake your hand, but we don't think you can. Do you expect Chris Paul to have a big game? He has had some enormous games at points in this postseason. I expect Chris Paul to do what the defense gives him. If the defense drops off like they did in game one and does everything a switch on a pick and roll, I expect Chris Paul to give them everything that, that they can handle uh, from the free throw line. If they go with fighting over the screens, that's going to leave open shooters on the backside. They're going to figure out a way to whip that thing around. And I don't expect that the Phoenix Suns, uh, you know, the guys I call the talent, I'm talking about Cam Johnson, I'm talking about Mikel Bridges, uh, Jay Crowder, Tory Craig. I'm talking about the guys whose names aren't on the marquee. The guys who were largely responsible for the Suns shooting 20 of 40 from three-point range in game two. I would expect those guys to have much more of an impact on the game uh, than they did in game three. And again, this is something that I've written for the Republic. And if you want to follow me at saying more, S-A-Y-I-N-G-M-O-O-R-E, that's on Instagram and Twitter, at saying more. Uh, I think that the key is definitely going to be what the Suns' uh, so-called role players do, what the talent does around the, the major stars. Going big picture for years, the Suns the last decade were a joke, and a lot of that was put on the owner, Robert Sarver. What's the difference that allowed them to get where they were and where they are? So if you're asking me, Greg Moore, sports columnist for the Arizona Republic, and you can find my work at azcentral.com, and I'm at saying more on Twitter, at saying more on Instagram. If you're asking me, I think the beginning was when Robert Sarver, Phoenix Suns owner, stepped up and said, hey, everybody, I've made a lot of mistakes. I thought that being an NBA owner was a lot easier than it was. Steve Nash actually made it. Uh-oh, you just tripped. 
fellas, you'll forgive me. My two-year-old just tripped, and I have to pick her up. We forgive you. (laughs) (laughs) So he stepped up, went to the microphone, and said, I thought being an owner was easier. Uh, I've made some mistakes, but I've got this thing figured out. Steve Steve Nash made me think I was a little bit smarter than I was. Then he hired James Jones uh, to be like a deputy uh, in the front office. James Jones said, hey, guys, I'm going to do any and everything it takes to help make this a winning organization. James Jones played with LeBron James. James Jones played with uh, (laughs) the Miami Heatles. He played with the Cleveland Cavaliers. He played with the Indiana Pacers, uh, those Jermaine O'Neal, Ron Artest teams that were right there on the cusp of an Eastern Conference championship. This guy knows what winning basketball ought to look like. He knows what a winning organization ought to look like. Uh, Shortly after Jones was hired, the general manager at the time, Ryan McDonough, who, you know, in a lot of ways is being vindicated by this finals run, Ryan McDonough was fired. James Jones, from there, went about putting pieces in place where you're just surrounding your superstars with quality guys. And he grew the organization to the point that when Monty Williams showed up, they took a massive step forward. And the next thing you know, Chris Paul comes and boom, and they're in the NBA Finals. So if you're asking Greg Moore, sports columnist of the Arizona Republic, father of four, holding a two-year-old while he stands outside, having the pleasure of talking to DK and PK, I'm just having a good time with this conversation, <laughs> fellas. But it goes back to the, the owner saying, hey, yo, everyone, I made a mistake and I'm going to fix it. Accountability is huge whether that's in sports, business, life, that moment of accountability, I think, really just just set the stage for everything we're seeing today. Okay, you got several kids to raise here, so we need to let you go. But last thing, (laughs) my tag team partner, Patrick Kinahan, is an Arizona State Sun Devil, and there's been some stuff coming about at the athletic department, the football program there. Is this off-season noise, or is this going to impact the football program this season and in seasons going forward? I mean, listen... I don't think it's going to affect the team this season because what's going to happen is they'll circle the wagons, right? They'll do that thing where they say, everyone's coming against us. No one believes in us. They're trying to bring us down. And that's the kind of thing that an 18-year-old, 19-year-old, 20-year-old can really get behind a message like that, right? But then when the results of the investigation come down and (laughs) – from everything I'm reading, you know, and I've read what Yahoo has, I've read what uh, my shop, the Arizona Republic has, I've read what The Athletic has, I've talked to some people around, it just sounds to me like the NCAA is going to have enough to find that Arizona State made some mistakes. And it sounds to me like Arizona State had a problem with compliance. It seems to me that there weren't the people in place around the program to say this is how it ought to work in the college game. And now if that's the case, the NCAA is going to have to determine how big of a deal is it. If it's a huge deal, we could see some sanctions on the program that could affect the program for a generation. If it's not that big of a deal at all, then it's a blip. And so we have to really wait and see. But if you're talking about what happens this season, I don't think the NCAA moves quickly enough to derail uh, what's going on this year, which is to say that ASU very well could contend for a Pac-12 South title and, frankly, ought to contend for the Pac-12, and they really ought to 
you know, look at this season as, as, as all or nothing in the same way that U of A, uh, University of Arizona, a couple of years ago with the basketball program, it was like, I don't know, guys, this, this thing might fall apart. There's some uh, a federal investigation. There's this going on. There's that going on. But it wasn't in time to stop the NCAA tournament run. Uh, now, that team, uh, DeAndre Ayton, Raleigh Alkin, um, Alonzo Trier, is just a hell of a good basketball team. That group lost in the first round of the NCAA tournament, and then the sanctions came down, and then two years later the head coach is dismissed. Right? So I, I don't predict all of that for Arizona State. I, like a lot of other people, am in a mode of wait and see to see how big the, 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 the alleged violations are. But again, if everything that Yahoo and the Arizona Republic and Athletics says is true, clearly there were mistakes made. I don't expect them to affect the program this season. All right, we will leave it right there, Greg. We appreciate your time. And uh, you want to hit the website one more time so people can read more? Sure, absolutely. Um, Saying more, Twitter and Instagram, at Saying More, S-A-Y-I-N-G-M-O-O-R-E. I'm in the Arizona Republic and at azcentral.com. And again, name's Greg Moore. Thanks for having me on, fellas. Thanks for coming on. A lot of Arizonans up here in Utah, so it'll be people who want to follow you and the, uh, and the teams down there. Greg Moore, sports columnist for the Arizona Republic, joining us here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. He worked it about as, anyone, as well as any one of our guests right there, PK. <laughs> Oh, was promoting his stuff? Sure. Yeah. yeah great. Why Absolutely. not? I've got no problem with that. I mean, we're taking up his time, so go ahead and do that. And he had a lot of energy, and that's always good in radio, as uh, we understand. Uh, you know, you listen to the messages there. Uh, I found it interesting that, you know, Steve Nash covered up a lot of the blemishes. And then when Steve Nash left, they were exposed. So eventually, your you know, your true colors will be exposed. And I'm interested to see... You know how they went from you could see Steve Nash being good and helping any team because he's really he was really good, obviously. And so then he he moves on and then retires. And then they're left to make decisions. And those decisions didn't turn out very well. And they didn't make the playoffs for 11 years. But now, you know, he's gotten it right. So if we're going to rip Sarver for all those years, which he, you know, it was. Yeah. You got to praise some, him. For, yeah, he needs some praise because it comes down to hire good people and get out of the way. If that's and, what it took, yeah. You hire a guy who be. is uh, described by LeBron as the best teammate he ever had. Well, James Jones, you're speaking yes, of. Yes, yeah. and, and LeBron has had some awesome teammates. So that's pretty high praise. You know, that's a guy who. We don't usually hear it with front office people. We usually hear it with coaches. You know, the coach is the gutty overachiever, not the star, but they've got to know everything and see every angle and play every angle because they're not quite tall enough, fast enough, strong enough, whatever. But it sounds like the same thing with him. He played with multiple good teams. He saw how good teams work and hired him and got out of the way and he put together a good team. DJ and PK. Brought to you in part by SNS Roofing. SNS Roofing is your locally owned roof repair expert. For a free quote and for all your roofing needs, call SNS Roofing. All right, BJ Reigns, Boise State beat writer for the Idaho Press Tribune, coming up at 9.05, 20 minutes away. The coaching change with the Broncos, are they going to keep it rolling? They've done it before. Are they about to do it again? Aggies and Cougars both playing the Broncos. We'll get to that in 20 minutes. Stay with us.